a Shishkin Productions podcast. I yelled, get off the tracks, just in time for a train to barrel through. The PM thought it was a big joke and tried to roll the camera for B-roll as if the train added production value. That's terrifying. Everyone almost got hit by a train. Yeah. This is not the time to talk about B-roll. Hey, what's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle Reel Podcast. Welcome. It's a special one. It's a very, very special one. It's number 50. 5 0. 5 0. 5 0. Ooh, 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 oh, ooh, no. Ooh, that's ooh. the sound of the police. A cab. Nah, this is the number one A cab podcast in this room right now. It is the Sizzle Reel. In this room. Yes. That's right. That's right. Um, Chris, before we get started, what's what's up where, where can people find us what's going on well i'd love i'd love for everyone to uh give the sizzle reel cold line a call at brr 332-333-4361 that's the number that's the, that is the number right oh yeah that's did i get number. it right no, you got that right okay cool uh wait i think maybe later in the show i think maybe maybe someone has called in lately i'm not sure i don't have access to it it's it's you know who knows top secret we'll have to see uh, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at Sizzle yes. Real Gang. Yeah, we're starting to get a little bit more active. Yeah, I've started being active on Twitter, so I'm 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 out here really. I'm making jokes. Um, I'm responding to stuff. I responded to Soundstripe the other day. Did you really? And they tweeted back at me with the SpongeBob GIF. They so, did. Yeah, I was the only person who responded to that tweet. I think I was the only person who liked it. So uh, maybe we can get the person who runs the Soundstripe uh, Twitter to come on to the Sizzle Real. Uh, that'd actually be pretty cool. I'll ask him. I'll tweet at him when the episode comes out. I'll uh, be like, listen to at least the first two and a half minutes. <laughs> you, you, you get got, a little plug. You're going to get name dropped. Uh, what else do we got? Sizzlerealgang uh, at gmail.com. Correct. We we have gotten an email. Yes, we did. We got uh, our first one. Uh, where else are we? We are on Patreon. Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ishkin Productions, where you can get all the exclusive stuff. But we're also on TikTok uh, at Shishkin Productions. And I wrote, you'll be happy to know this. I didn't I even tell you this. Over no. the weekend, I wrote seven scripts. Would you believe that me and Alexi actually don't talk at all except for during the podcast? That's exactly it. Uh, we, we really don't. We'll G-chat sometimes. Eh. We'll yell, but we're not going to talk. Yeah, a lot, a lot of body language. Yeah, we dance at each other. <laughs> exactly. Interpretive edit dance. You said seven scripts? Seven scripts. That's I wrote, awesome. I wrote seven scripts. So yep. a lot of them are business oriented, right? That's true. That's there's where stuff you started? About, yeah, there's stuff about forming the LLC. There's stuff about business banking. Um, there, there's a variety of stuff in there. Um, I'll let you read them. I, I should have told you that I wrote them, but yeah, they're there. I read through them. They seem pretty good. And as soon as this room is done, we're going to, we're going to film them in here. And I think that'll be next week. I'm pretty excited about that today. It could be today. According to the listeners. It could be today. It is a pretty busy week, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Also, small chance that maybe I'll be doing a couple of them. That's right. You have said that you're, you're trying to. You know, we need to have other white guys do these things. And it can't just be me. Editing is just such a white guy thing. That's true. Um, No, that's some bullshit. Uh, Honestly, you know, I'm I'm proud of the diversity we have at the company. We're doing all right. I think we're doing Um, pretty good. We if if you're listening to this, it's Monday. And that means we just got back from the Shishkin Productions fourth annual corporate retreat. That's true. We went to Philadelphia. That's true. We went, well, we went to Trenton, New Jersey. We We also went to Philadelphia. (laughs) We stayed in Trenton. You know how it goes. Uh, 
We had a cheese uh, cheese steak. I was gonna say cheesecake. We had a cheese steak eating uh, kind of comparison. You know, we got to which one did you like more, Pat's, Geno's, or Ishka Bibbles? Oh, I haven't had Ishka Bibbles. Uh, oh, you, yeah, you did uh, this last week. When oh, we went, oh yeah, ago. my bad. Right, uh, yep. No, for me it was Pat's is the older one, right? The I don't know anything. It, about it, it, it's Pat's. I okay, think you it, liked Pat's. Yeah, Pat's king of cheesesteaks. Pat's or whatever. king of cheese. That's pretty cool. I mean, I liked uh, I liked Gino's myself. I thought that was the one. All right. Well, yeah, that was my favorite. Of course, of course and then did. it was just crazy, crazy fun times in Philadelphia. Beautiful uh, day. Yeah, wild. We went on a scavenger hunt. We did. Uh, we had some some drinks. Maybe. Had some beers. It was yeah. a good time. Went swimming. It was it was good in the Philadelphia River. Yeah, <laughs> <Is that a laughs> thing? it's called the Delaware River. I don't <laughs> the know Delaware. We're actually uh, we actually stayed right on the Delaware River, basically. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, you. A little tributary went from the river into uh into yeah. the property. That was it. They, yeah. there, there was a mill house. Yes, a mill and house. not not from Simpsons. And we're not talking about uh everything's coming up mill house. Nope, nope. We're talking about a house that was a former mill, right? Yeah, and we uh we bonded. Yeah, it was cool. We became team a better building. team. The team was built. Um, it was it was pretty lit. Maybe next week we'll go a little bit more in depth. But you know, we're just so yeah so busy. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up today. Is we're going to be, uh, this is a little sneak peek, but sneak peek. we're going to be recording the first episode of season two of Ask Not Me Anything. Oh, that is Don't super we, exciting. I won't, I won't is. say who the Don't guest is. It. I won't say who it is, but I'm personally pretty excited about it. Um, I, Are you excited about the whole season or just that one guest or what do you think? I'm excited for the whole season. I'm excited to kick it off in in the new spot. I'm excited to not have to film it, to be honest. Same it was here. just it was more headache than it was worth and i don't th- i i think you'll get better results without having cameras on people i agree i mean so, so a couple of the guests were clearly comfortable on camera and kind of make their living in front of it but most of them make their living behind it or like yeah in in post or well, you know I mean, like for just, the for the for every guest that was comfortable on camera there was two who weren't you exactly know I mean? exactly so it results in like a interest a weird dynamic and honestly and, I, I think one of the 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 biggest gets from the first season, like, you know, best following, they were clearly uncomfortable on camera and really yeah. didn't even want to. Who would you say that was? Nico? Yeah. Yeah, I guess and he, he was. He really didn't want to do it in the. It, well, it felt like it, he didn't want to yeah, be there. And it maybe. Felt, it felt a little. I think maybe he was tired. I yeah. mean, it's also low key. It's kind of on us because we do record after the work day. Yeah. So maybe people do come in tired. But. We, there's no other time we can do it. Like I know. We're, we have shit going on. Well, yeah. it, it's changing now that we have the the dedicated studio and yeah, that's true. We're we're still doing it in the evenings, just out of it's well, because also I want to be involved and I want like if you want to sit and listen or be there, I want mm-hmm. you to get a chance to be involved. Um, but yeah, if we do it during the day, we're gonna be busy editing and shit like that. People might be coming in and out all mm-hmm. the time. It's you know, and uh, you know, not, not just the first guest, but there's a couple others on the list who I I'm surprised they're there like not in a yeah. bad way i'm just like wow how Can't interesting we got them, right. yeah i feel like the uh the guest list like the the type of guest is expanding yes. the you know the different industries are what growing. i'm really excited about is that season two is going to be a lot of people who germ doesn't necessarily know he's not necessarily friends with them it's going to be his first time meeting these people so it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. We're throwing them into the fire. Honestly, maybe maybe Germ's going to have some of his own questions. That, he probably will. Yeah. Little. And, you know, actually, 
we're filming two or not filming, we're not filming any of them, but we're recording two this week. Yeah. We have another mm-hmm. one on Friday. One on Monday, so one on Friday. It is uh it, we're jumping right into the new quarter, the next quarter. It's happening. It's pretty exciting. Uh, and you know, we've we've been keeping it going strong with all the other podcasts as well. Just uh twice in the last couple of weeks, uh Dave Krugman's been in to record the All Ships podcast. That's right. I haven't been in for those sessions. So I don't know how they went. One thing that we missed out on last week was the All Ships uh, event. Dave had a, an event at mm-hmm. at uh, Abe's Pagoda Bar, and um, he said he was giving away an exclusive NFT that was I like know. a geo fence type thing. So yeah. you had to be in that location to mm-hmm. receive it or something like that. What's your take on NFTs? Have we talked about NFTs on this podcast at all? I I don't what know. The fuck? I don't. You know what I think. Nice fucking try. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> fucking with an NFT. That's right. I said it. Come at me, Krugman. I'm gonna get Krugman on the pod. I uh, about it. I, I don't know. I, I don't understand it enough. Like I thought maybe the bubble had popped. Like I thought it was gonna be a flash in the pan. I also still can't tell because we hang out with a lot of people who care about NFTs, and I think it's a lot more common in our personal lives and our circle. I don't know if the rest of the world feels that way. Or if, I feel like if you went to like fucking Lexington, Kentucky, I, yeah, you're I, not going to like find a bunch of people chatting about NFTs. Yeah, I don't I don't think most people would even the average person even knows what an NFT is. Yeah. And I mean, even <laughs> the, the acronym, once you explain it or once you, you say what the acronym stands for, non-fungible token. Oh, that clears up everything. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not a mushroom. Got it. It's a token. <laughs> Understood. Um, but it it's cool. I think it has interesting applications and like, I think it's a, I think it's a way of like, uh, the, the, the art, the rich art world deciding to, uh, bring in a new class of rich art people. Mm -hmm. It's a new way to launder money possibly. And there, there is real money being made. Like it's, it's not just, just not just laundering money. I'm telling you, we 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 do we do have to get Krugman on because I feel like he would. I would love to just uh, you know, have him explain it, you know, and try to just prod holes in the in the case because like I don't even I'm like you. I'm 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 a skeptic. Well, I don't, well, I don't. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. I'm a skeptic though. I right. yeah. I I wouldn't say I'm a skeptic. I just I don't think that I really fit into that world. But I'm. There's some cool stuff like Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick in this year's NFL draft. He came out with a an NFT designed. His brother is an artist, so he designed uh, basically. It's kind of like a playing card, you know, or like mm-hmm. a, a top like like card, a, like a like a like a, yeah. a collectible. And in that sense, it you know that that makes perfect sense because playing cards are a a thing that you collect. So why yes. can't you collect it digitally? It's still like a limited run. It's 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 interesting. It's just uh, to me what, what I don't know. I mean, I guess the fact that it's non not tangible is really hard to wrap my mind yeah. around. Like I understand, and I understand. It. I mean, look, I don't have any printed photos. I don't keep my photos anywhere. They're on my phone. That's it. I like literally don't have them anywhere else. So I, I I'm around non tangible things all the time, right? <laughs> but like, I don't know if I want to like pay a bunch of ethereum to like own that someone's photo i'd rather just buy a print for way cheaper and put it in my house and have the print you know what i mean for example i bought a print from mike bliss, mike bliss. one of his uh photos from somewhere in europe 
If I wouldn't buy the NFT of it though, was in, in <laughs> like, Austria, yeah, like I don't care Hallstatt. to own the NFT of that, but I I very much care to have the print of it in my house, you know. Uh, so I don't know. Quick, it's weird. I don't really get it. Quick side story. Uh, that that picture that you have, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was funny because I saw it in your house one time, and I was like, I know I've seen this before. And then a couple days later, I was uh, on the treadmill at my gym, and they have like a little. Uh, a video screen and mm-hmm. you can run through you know nice areas and one of them is that exact spot and it ends with the exact framing that mike bliss took and i was hey, like oh my god mike bliss he's got an eye for this kind of thing um let's uh real quick let's let's play this first voicemail that we got we got a voicemail um i say first i don't know why because it's the only one but we did get a voicemail i want you to hear it it, it, it they mention you quite a bit i don't think i've heard it Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Joe Nana. Uh, I just want to let people know that, you know, uh, Alexi, you know, a lot of people don't know, but Alexi used to produce music under the name The Reflex. He did a lot of cool beats. But a lot of people also don't know that Chris used to be an amateur rapper. And I want to know if maybe we can get Chris to uh, kick us a freestyle on the uh, on the podcast. All right. Talk to you guys later. So, um, I, I did used to make beats now, uh, now I make, uh, like guitar music and stuff, but Chris, that's news to me. You used to be an amateur rapper. Is that correct? No, that's news to me as well. Uh, I, I've never rapped in my entire life. Well, maybe right now you're going to start because Jonana requested you kick a freestyle. So here we go. Chris kicking a freestyle live on the pod. I'm not going to do that. Nah, nah. This is this ain't even the right music. This, this is, is a wrong what? podcast. On, this is not the day for this. Yeah. No. Chris. Uh, 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 that's my freestyle. That's pretty good. I like I like how you use like non uh not words. That's that's really cool. Um Joe Nana, enough with the fucking malarkey. Every single time he calls in just to be a troll. I look, why don't you call in like Evan and ask a real question? I, I respect it. I don't respect but, it. But the uh, I wasn't going to give him the payoff because because when we ask you to call in, we're trying to farm out content. Yes. You just you boomeranged it right back to me. Yeah, you made Chris. The more I'm talking, the worse the podcast is. Look, I just think that we need maybe we need to be more clear when you're calling in. Ask us a fucking question about like production or post-production or something that don't like. Well, you can make up bits too, Joe. We're happy you called, but uh, I, I you fucked us up on no, that. No, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, really, really, I'm just I, I'm a bad improviser. I, okay. I didn't yes and these uh, things happen. Yeah, I'm a well, bad. It would have been it would have been uh, cringy. Um, exactly. It already was, him anyways. Um, uh, look, uh, what we're gonna talk about when we come back from the break, which we're not gonna get to just yet. I was about to say, but no, no, we still got a little bit, but uh is the IATSE strike. I don't even know if I ever say that right. In my head, I've always said IATSE. I-A-T-S-E. It's Editor's Union. Um, They're gearing up for a possible strike. And uh, I feel like this news has kind of not even really circulated very vague, like very well. I I uh, didn't know about it. Unless you're like in the industry, you know, like deep in it, you're not going to know. But we will, we're going to get to all that after the break. Um, But, you know, going back on this NFT thing, uh, apparently Hollywood is trying to use NFTs. I don't know if you've heard about that, Chris. I haven't. I, I'm not surprised at all, but in what 
way are they are, like like a behind the scenes from a famous movie or something like that I or think that they're like just using them again as collectibles as well i don't think anyone has any like unique idea right now regarding that technology they just are all like i guess we'll make a collectible gif but uh um, the michael yanover the head of business development at caa said that uh, we believe that blockchain technology and the rise of digital collectible nfts will bring unprecedented opportunities to our family of storytellers, trendsetters, icons, and thought leaders in the entertainment industry, mm. which is like just, I feel like I need to take a shower after reading that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just some fucking slimy yeah. shit. But it's like, how do we make, how do how do the rich get richer? NFTs, right? I don't know. It's... Uh, I mean, that that's kind of what it is to me. Like, I, I would... Th- and I guess this isn't the Hollywood part, but for me, I would never buy an NFT as an investment piece. It just seems too risky and yeah. doesn't make sense. I'd rather have that NFT in actual Ethereum. Like whatever I paid for it, I'd rather just have the Ethereum. Uh, there is a lot of cool art that comes from it, though, and I'm I'm curious if Hollywood's gonna actually do something interesting with it. And like you, we say Hollywood, is this the individual studios? Is is it the producers? Is it the the actors and artists themselves like what i guess here's what this says it says that people are encouraged um and this is an article on nofilmschool.com it says that uh people are encouraged by hollywood's embracement of this blockchain tech uh they think that it's going to decentralize the decision making process so the audience is going to have more power than they used to instead of just the executives and the studios having power i am in still like un- unclear yeah in what way but um Apparently, I guess there's the story of a director who financed his entire movie by pre-selling tokens. And if enough of the audience bought tokens, they would have the money to make the movie they wanted without having to get development notes or go through a studio. So I think it's maybe almost it's like, like a Kickstarter. Yeah, but but with potential value, like it could actually grow over time. Yeah, and not you don't just get like whatever their kickback is, whatever the, so, the tier list is, but maybe you can actually make money you, off of it long term. Is it basically like you own a piece of the film? You're fine. You're helping finance it. Is that what it is? Like I whereas mean, with Kickstarter, you might get like a swag bag or something. With this, you get a piece of the. I don't know. Pie. Yeah, I don't know if you get a piece of the film or if you just get like a collectible associated with the film that maybe. Maybe you can sell later or you can just yep. buy a monitor and hook it up to your wall and I mean, show it off this, like some new this, age fancy on this In this article, it says if the film is successful, a person can make a profit. So uh, again, and this is an article from Medium or called Blockchain Takes Over Hollywood. Um, I don't... I, I, I can't tell if like I just uh, am stuck in the past or if i really if this just is like a wild trend that uh you know i i I mean our our individual productions gonna have their own cryptocurrency like and that's kind of when's the hollywood crypto coming out i mean that's kind of the the problem that i have with it is like it's okay great yes the idea of it feels more democratic and accessible yeah who the fuck is going to be able to create a token for their movie (laughs) like like great okay independent films still aren't gonna get made (laughs) unless like someone buys in who you know can create a platform for them to get made like it's 
in 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 an ideal world it seems really cool because it's like oh we're gonna democratize it let the audience like pick right what movie they want to get made Mm -hmm. uh is the infrastructure there for it like does it and at the end of the day like it's it you're gonna probably have a couple companies that build the infrastructure for it and then they take that niche of the market over right so is it really going to be a democratic process? Who the fuck knows? Uh, probably not. Yeah. It's just another scheme. <laughs> Everything's a scheme. I'm uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not very into it. Um, but I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see the first movie financed by. Yeah, and I will crypto. say, like, I I don't want to hate on the technology or that other people are are using it. I I think I just don't understand it well enough, and I I do think it's cool because. I mean, 10 years ago, Bitcoin was just something that you used on the dark web or whatever. And now when people talk about it, it's like, oh, it's money of the future. It's blockchain technology. It's legitimate. And, you know, like it's it is the future. And like that part is cool to see to see the growth. Yeah. Yeah. And not even acceptance. Yeah. The acceptance, not even like the growth of the value of the individual coins or NFTs or whatever. Just the fact that the technology is kind of like mainstream. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like that's where I want to invest, not in Bitcoin or Ethereum or NFTs. I want to invest in companies that are basing their like that, that deal with this, like that are behind it. I don't know how to do that, but Um, no, you can, I mean, it's probably pretty straightforward, right? Look it up. Know. Google it. Type I don't, I don't, in blockchain even, company. Yeah, like what, what companies do I invest in? I don't know. Um, I would I would probably say, uh, you know, Apple. Apple. Yeah. They'll probably. Yeah. Good point. Fucking with the blockchain at some point. Um, look, let's take a quick little break, and uh, when we get back, we are going to f- talk about that uh, IATSE strike, editor strike. I'm on strike. Do you ever want to fall asleep to candlelight? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I, just leave it burning all night. Uh, you know, I do that more times than I would like to admit. Yeah, I do that with the oven sometimes. You cannot leave a candle burning before you go to bed, but you should probably put on a candle to wind down. It's nice. It's lovely to just have a, a, a good scent. It relaxes you. It puts you in a good place mentally. You think of it like a little nightcap. Nightcap. That's one of my favorite scents from Smells Like. What? They have a scent called nightcap? Yeah, it's Merlot, black cherry, patchouli, and amber. Patchouli and amber. That sounds like a sitcom from the 70s, doesn't it? I bet it's a hilarious one that makes me feel good. And you kind of would want to fall asleep watching that sitcom. Well, you can. Go to SmellsLikeBK.com, put in promo code SIZZLE, you get 20% off. And you go ahead and follow Smells Like BK on Instagram. That's at smells underscore like BK. And don't forget, promo code SIZZLE. And make sure you turn that candle off before you go to sleep. I'm off strike. All right, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back. Chris is back. Chris is back off strike. Welcome back to This Is A Real Episode 50. Episode 50, the big 5-0. You know, for me, it's that one's not even... (laughs) (laughs) That's not even... uh, It it is a nice milestone, but for me, I'm excited for 52, because that means we've done a full year. we got a lot of special guests coming up for that one. 53 is also going to be fun, because that'll be 
a year since the first one. Wow. You know? Damn, we got a lot of uh, really yeah. big ones coming up. Yeah. It's like 51. Sorry, 51. 39 was a big one because we thought it was 40. Yeah, I mean, it, every episode is a big one in my they're, heart. They're it's like, it's like choosing big. between your children. You're like, you know, can't, can't pick a favorite. Yeah, I don't have any children. How can I pick a favorite? Yeah, they're all fucking assholes. Um, <laughs> Chris, the IATSE strike. You got Yahtzee? I got Yahtzee'd. It's coming up, uh, possibly. But we'll see. We don't know. There was a uh, deadline of, I don't remember when, but that deadline got extended. And uh, at this point, apparently they're still very far away on talks. I think at its core, what this breaks down to is um, that, you know, the main issues are shorter work days, livable wages, sustainable pension and health benefits. And this is the big one uh, that kind of encompasses all of it. New media, that's a, in quotes, new mm-hmm. media, rates that reflect the success of the streaming companies. Um, meaning, you know, at the time when the new media rates were made, that was new media. It was this new streaming type of uh, way to consume content, right? Now, that is kind of the standard, but the rates haven't really evolved with it. And so a lot of people get to pay those new media rates when in reality it's like, yo... You know, this is now a very viable method of consuming content. It's not just like well, now, some random thing. Now, is any streaming service, is that considered new media? I have no idea. I don't really know how it breaks down. But um, I do have a, a feeling that maybe a lot of companies will make things because it's uh, considered new media. And then somehow it ends up perhaps getting sold to like a, a bigger company. And it ends up, you know, on a legit streaming thing not just like a youtube or something mm. i don't know That's or, or roku or roku yeah. yeah um but yeah i mean you you had a chance to do a little bit of reading about it uh i did a little bit of reading and j- uh just so people understand what we're talking about we keep saying IATSE. it is the international alliance of theatrical stage employees moving picture technicians artists and allied crafts of the united states its territories and canada Correct. That's a hell of a name. And some of the main issues, I mean, you, you basically touched on them. It's like workers' rights. That's straight up what it boils down to. I mean, it's the same old, like, we're not paid enough. The hours are too long. This this isn't what we... I mean, it's time to re-bargain, basically. Yeah, exactly. I'm just surprised that, like, there has been zero movement towards, like, a solution or a, a deal at all. Um and I think that the last I read about it, um, they were, uh, IATSE was sending out a bunch of text messages and starting a campaign to like, you know, inform the members of like how to, you know, approach a potential strike. And I mean, that's a, it, it's, it, it's gonna, that, that means a lot. Like that's a really big uh, union and with like a, a lot of employees, mm-hmm. as you just mentioned, that is gonna affect the way films are made, um, you know, for us, it's not really going to affect our work at all because we're non-union and we don't work on anything like that. We work on a lot of like small, you know, digital like ad campaigns and shit like that. So not, none of it really affects us, but it affects, you know, it affects the industry. The, ent- I, the, I the wanted, entire industry. Yeah. I wanted to uh, join the editor's union um, for a minute when I lived in L.A. and I tried to take steps to do it, but I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was it's, just, it's difficult. It, a lot of it is 
kind of luck based. I mean, or maybe you know someone who can get you in on one of those gigs mm-hmm. or because uh, c- the way I've always understood it, the people who I know who have been able to get into unions is they start out on a job that isn't union and then it becomes union and then they get those hours and then they're able to join because you mm-hmm. have to work a certain number of hours on union jobs before you can join the union. But you can't work on union jobs unless you're in the union. Kind right. of a catch 22. Yeah, exactly. But when you get in. You that's it. You you made it, and well, you didn't. I can't say you made it, but yeah. Once you get in, it's it's pretty advantageous, and you know you have uh, people who care about your well being. It's not just you fending for yourself and trying to, you know, fend off the uh, the scum. Mm-hmm. So so some of the numbers, uh, and it seems like a lot of this is for the people lowest on the rung in in the. Uh, in, in order exactly uh i'm sure it's for everyone but a survey of a thousand assistants in the entertainment industry released in 20 uh, in february of this year found over 79 percent of respondents make less than 50 grand a year with uh, in los angeles and in los angeles if you make under fifty three thousand six hundred, you're classified as a rent burdened individual uh, yeah. And more than 37% of these respondents reported relying on income from family or friends. And like, I understand this is only a thousand people. It's kind of a small sample size, but I feel like that is reflective of the industry and not just ours, but yeah. across the board, you know, when, when you're lower on the rungs like that, you're, you don't have any power. Correct. And yeah. like, and even what you, the power that you do have is the union. Yeah. And, I would assume at this point the members are putting pressure on the union, which is putting pressure on Hollywood. Um, but it seems like it seems like Hollywood uh, doesn't care. I mean, because if they're not even willing to increase those like low, like those terribly low wages, I, I mean, it's bargaining, right? Though yeah, the um, there was a study that was commissioned by Yahtzee Local Eight Seven One, and. This is according to The Guardian. They found that members in roles such as uh, art department coordinator, art production coordinator, script supervisors, and writer's assistant, positions that are predominantly held by women, are typically paid just $16 to $17 an hour. $16 to $17 an hour. For to reference, be like, minimum wage in California is $15. Yeah, that's insanity. Like, like we... I mean, whatever, full transparency, fuck it, because you have to be transparent about money. We have an yeah. intern who's starting next week or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he is only going to be in like one day a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he's getting 20 an hour. Yeah. Like that's well, that, that's like very reason. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. And this this is an intern, an intern. Who, yeah. And he reached out to us. We weren't even like trying to hire an intern. We we're just like, you know what? This guy, he, he seems like he's got it. Let's try him out and let's pay him fairly for what yeah. he's doing like it's it's just frustrating because it's like it's not like these are just like random roles that you're doing like a script supervisor like come on yeah that's that's a role that takes like uh t- talent like you have yeah. to have it's trained like you have to have training you have to know your way around it you have to know what to do and to be getting like the same rate as someone who you know might be doing a a job that's uh, not to like demean like a, a minimum wage jobs but to get the same rate that, yeah, as someone doesn't who's, require any training. Right. Yeah. It's it's just a little bit it's a little bit like mind numbing. It's it's crazy because it's like you if you can't afford to pay your people more than that, you can't afford to make the fucking movie. Is what it seems like. Like 
you can't make the the thing if you if that's what you're having to skimp down to pay people yep. that little rate, then you probably shouldn't be making this fucking thing, or you should not be the people at the top should be making so much. I don't know what it is, but this one does say that uh, as an example, art department coordinators who receive starting rates at sixteen dollars an hour. Uh, the position with the next lowest rate in that department receives $44 an hour. Yeah, that's such a wild discrepancy. Like, From 16 to 44 Yeah. That's insane. And that's There's no middle up, ground anywhere in there. That's moving up one, one level, right? So, like, you can only imagine how, if we were to extrapolate, I'm just imagining it probably gets much higher. But either way, that's the seed... 16 to 44 it's insane that's that shouldn't be the jump no like that right there shows you that the lowest people on the ladder the lowest rung like you said are getting completely taken advantage of it i mean that's just kind of how it it always goes right mm-hmm. like a quote we're living in an economic situation where we're making less and less money for more and more work and I think one of the worst things about working in the film industry is that it's classically defined that you do a lot of unpaid work to prove yourself, improve your credit, everything. Yep. And that's it's I mean, it's already that way. Even after dude, the like after you've been unionized. Why? Even even in even the like small stuff that we do, we do very, very small work compared to what this is. And even what we do, I feel like we experience that. You know what phrase I hate? Sweat equity. I fucking hate Sweat that phrase. Equity. I've had so many people, especially when you work with startups, that's always talking about sweat equity. It's like, well, you know, like that's their nice way of saying, not so nice really, but that's their nice way of saying you need to work for free. Yeah. And it's I hate like that. you need to put in a lot of free work in order to get something out of this. And it's like, no, why? That means you're not doing a very good job of like trying to sell this thing or you just don't have the money to make it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. We don't need to be making a bunch of fucking bullshit content. You know what I mean? I mean, it's one thing if it's a passion project and you sure. know, like you're getting some friends together to, yeah. to make this, but there's money behind these productions. It needs to be distributed to everyone. Agree. Like put my little communist cap on. Look, but what I'm saying is like if the person who you're talking to is a representative of a publisher or a company that puts out a bunch of new media or something like that, and they're asking you to work for free, that's fucked up. I know. Like, and, you know, I, 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 I've done it, which is, that's the fucked up part, is I've done it. Like, I've, I've worked for free, like, on shit mm-hmm. to try to, like, hope it goes somewhere. And guess what? Usually never does. Never does. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. And that's why you got it. People need to be paid for doing their fucking craft. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never worked for free in quite that sense. But I mean, in the news industry, it, it was kind of like a, an unspoken thing where mm-hmm. you yeah. need to take anytime you're asked to take on a shift, you basically have to. If you're asked to work overtime, I mean, that I mean, that's part of the job, period. You still get paid for the overtime. Yeah. But kind of fucks your entire life up when you never know what time you're going to get home on any given day. Right. And I, I thought, you know, saying yes to everything and always doing the extra assignments would get me somewhere, get me a better schedule, anything. And no, it, it really doesn't. It As a matter of fact, it might have the opposite effect. Exactly. Go, oh, we know Chris will do it. Exactly. That's that's, that's how it goes. Did. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, look, there is an Instagram page called IA underscore stories that has a lot of horror stories from uh, from 
the community. Uh, they're just screenshots. Basically, people DM things in there and then they post screenshots. This person says, I've been a production designer for 20 years on union film and television series. All of my jobs, and increasingly so in the last few years, have required that my every waking hour was spent working. An avalanche of emails, texts, and calls on the weekends, even when I'm off, unpaid, easily prove that I'm constantly working. Occasionally, I'll get a partial Saturday night or Sunday morning off, but by Sunday midday, I'm always prepping for the week again. I wake every day, usually already behind on work. I keep going at home until late, often 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., sometimes more. I feel like a ghost haunting my own life. That's a good line. The moment any project starts prep, the entire production team and eventually the shooting crew are held captive till it's over. The laws regarding production hours, pre, post, and shooting must change. This is not a sustainable or humane way to work or live, and it seems to get worse every year. That kind of stuff is it's frightening because like a lot of people dream about working on movies and stuff yeah. like that. I it's never was, sexy. I was never think. really, I never really dreamt about it to me. It's like, I like just do business. That's mm-hmm, what I mean. mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I always, I've said it numerous times on this show where I'm like, I don't ever want to work in production. I don't want to be on set because it's a fucking pain in the ass. It's a lot of work. Usually you have to stay late. It's just not fun. Yeah. And I feel like this kind of stuff proves it. You know, it's, it's weird because I do understand wanting shorter work days. It's difficult because productions are, I mean, any given day on yeah. set, it's so hard to predict what's going to happen and it's, who you're going to need. It's true. It's true. But uh, so much of that, again, goes back to like understanding the limitations of people. So like it's fine if one day, if you planned a shoot that's supposed to be nine days and one mm-hmm. of the days you go over and you're like, oh, fuck. We went over, but we have to go over so we can stay on track. And then the rest of the days, you stay on track and you're good. If every single day you're going over, yeah. that means someone fucked up and someone's yeah. planning it poorly. Yeah. And Production usually that's planning. someone at the top who's telling you don't, like, you need to pinch these pennies and you need to get me a certain amount of overhead or we're going to be pissed at you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's usually where it comes from, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, that that probably is what happens and... Over time, it it just becomes the standard where it's like, okay, well, it worked this one time. Let's just keep pushing the limit and seeing how far we can go. And I I mean, as long as they're compensated fairly, I I have mixed feelings about the long days. But I also don't really have to work those long days anymore. Like I, the longest day I've ever had to work, well, other than working two jobs for a total of 16 hours a day. That was unsustainable. But yeah, like yeah. other other than that, I've had some 12-hour shifts and th- I, they burn you out. Like you basically don't have a life outside of work for that. But maybe maybe that's what they want, you know, like maybe or what the production companies are looking for. Like we only want people who are so dedicated that they'll sacrifice everything of course, else. Of course that's what they want. And that's what's that's what's like uh you know, wrong about the whole thing. I mm-hmm. couldn't think of a better word, but that's what's wrong with it, right? Is that they want like, you know how they always will say that they're like, I don't know, like we're a family, we're a team of rock stars. Yeah. We want someone who can like really, you know, just I hate that word, rock star, be a rock, rock star. star. You know what I mean? But I've I've had those jobs. I mean, I haven't had very many of them in the last however many years, but. When I was first starting out, I did have some of those where and that's when I was too, too scared and too like young and I didn't understand. I was like, well, I guess 
I have to do what they tell me. Yeah. But at some point, like, it's like, dude, this is craziness. And I remember um, one time it was a, it was a, some sort of conference. I think it was called like the four A's or something like that. It's some ad conference. And we had to uh, make like some, some sort of videos and it was like kind of getting late. And uh, we were like, all right, cool. We'll put together this like n- new cut. Cause we were like on location. Mm-hmm. So like put together this new cut and then we'll send it out and we should be good. And the producer's like, yeah, I think we're good. We just need to wait to hear back. Then we hear back and there's notes. She's like, okay, well, okay, let's do these. And then we'll send it off. That should be it. And we should be good. And there's more notes. Then the executive producer came in. Basically it's finally, it was like three in the morning at this point, And uh, the producer was like, dude, you got to send him home. Like he's been here for so long and we're not, he's not getting overtime. Yeah. And I think at that time I was getting, I had a, I had a pay bump at that time to two fifty a day. Ooh. And I was like getting two fifty a day and no overtime. And it was three in the morning and I'm out here at this fucking thing. And, and finally, you know, they agreed to send me home, but that kind of stuff, you know, I, that's what I've always encountered when I, when it's about, poor working conditions it's about being overworked yeah that kind of thing um i've never experienced any sort of safety issues that's a whole different story but that's apparently a big thing too people just ask people on set to do some crazy shit or if someone's feeling sick or whatever they don't give them proper care or if someone uh maybe you know gets hurt i've heard stories about uh companies or production companies being like, oh, yeah, well, technically you're hurt, so you're not working, so we can't pay for your hotel anymore, yep, that yep. kind of stuff, um, which is, it's just bananas. Um, there's one I'm reading here where someone said, we were working on old shut down, in quotes, railroad tracks that production told us they had permits for. It was a big production company that did a lot of union work, so we believed them. They had a seven-year-old on the tracks, along with several members of the camera team. I remember the second AC saying that the tracks looked too shiny. We heard a low rumble and all the pebbles started to vibrate and hover a few inches above the ground. People froze. I yelled, get off the tracks just in time for a train to barrel through. The PM thought it was a big joke and tried to roll the camera for B-roll as if the train added production value. And it's that kind of shit where it's that's like, terrifying. Everyone almost got hit by a train. Yeah. This yeah. is not the time to talk about B-roll. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, man. So, yeah, I've never had any. Well, I had one safety issue in in news where like they literally sent us out into hurricanes. Yeah. Um. One time, I uh, during one of the hurricanes, there was a down tree. They were like, "Oh, go to this down tree at five in the morning <laughs> in our hurricane." And I'm walking over trying to get some shots for it, and some guy who was outside was like, "Don't go there. There is a live wire right there." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that. They didn't they didn't brief us on on how to act around right like." They were just like, go get the shot. Exactly. And that's, I mean, they're different industries, but it's the same idea. It's like, it's sacrifice whatever to get the shot, to make the the production better, to make the product better. Yeah. You're not a, you're not a person. You're just like a, a tool. Yeah. You're an ends to a mean. Yeah, exactly. End to a mean. End to a mean means to an end. I don't really know the phrase. Um, well, I I don't know. I look, I've, I've done a really bad job with this new setup where I used to, be able to like hit record on my laptop and look and see what the time was. But um, now that it's recording over there across the room, I literally don't know how long these segments are anymore. So I was going to wrap this up. Um, do you have anything to end on about this uh, strike or IATSE or workers rights or anything? Uh, workers deserve the rights and the money. Nice. And that's, I mean, that's my, 
That's your take? That's where I stand fucking, on that. It's fucking sick. It's a good yeah. take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I can't I can't say anything else. I mean, uh, I think that uh the people it's on the people who have the power to, you know, recognize that uh human well-being is much more important than their stupid fucking content. <laughs> I, I kind of want to see the strike actually go through and see what see what happens. Oh, dude, it'll be it'll be weird. I I, I don't think it would affect us at all because no. I think we would keep getting our corporate shit. Yeah, but like I would be, yeah, I'd be interested too. I mean, and frankly, it should go through if they're not going to be getting any like if the uh, the people aren't going to meet them halfway. Exactly, if they're gonna make them keep working for these like crazy wages and and these terrible conditions. It's like, yeah, then strike like you should, you know, I'm, I'm team IATSE. I'm pro strike. Let's do it. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, they won't have come to a, uh, an agreement <laughs> or else we have wasted an entire episode. Um, Chris, well, let the people know where can they find us? What's what's good with all that? Uh, you should call us. First of all, 332-333-4361. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cold line and that's a pigeon that sounded like a purr this, yeah this pigeon got in here uh, that's his real gang on instagram twitter and on gmail yes tiktok where shishkin productions and on patreon where shishkin productions hell yeah i mean that's the place to go really all those places are the places to go um and uh, yeah i don't really have anything else this ayatsi thing i will say it did bring me down. I feel like the second act got really real. And yeah. We like well, I, th- it way down. I think it's appropriate for for uh, an anniversary type uh, podcast for us to go on an anti-capitalist. Yeah, it makes rant, sense. It makes basically. sense. I mean, we're just reminding you guys where you live. As Braxton says, living in America. <laughs> the James Brown thing. We're going to play us out with a snippet from that interview. He joins us for, from Atlanta to discuss the charges, and we welcome you, James Brown. How did all of this trouble begin? Living in America. Now, James, this isn't the first time you and your wife have had a problem. Are the two of you going to be able to work this out? Let's talk about some music. See you later. No sting. Okay, here's some sting. I'm Braxton. I'm Tia. I'm Lauren. I'm Chris. And we're bringing you the Group Text Podcast. We are four black cousins texting all day, every day about everything going on from the streets to the tweets. And, you know, we're bringing the group text to the podcast world. Yep. Talking about why America is trash, but also why you should have hope. We're recapping everything pop culture, current events, and what's viral this week. And even hitting you with some life advice, like when you should knock if they buck. Yep, and we'll be keeping score, seeing if city boys or city girls are up. City girls are always up. City girls make them wish like Ray J. (laughs) The Group Text Podcast, brought to you by the Shishkin Productions Network. Join our group text every Friday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Shishkin Productions Podcast.